So today we're finishing up the series that we've been on, and we've been asking the question, who does that? There's times that you read scripture, that you look through what maybe what Jesus taught us, and you say, really? Am I supposed to do that? Do I have to do those things? Is that to get to heaven? I have to do all of that? How good at that do I have to be? And if I don't do that, what if I mess up a couple times? Does that mean I'm not going to make it? Am I going to hell because of that? There are things that we look at and say, who does that kind of stuff? And this is what we looked at, like love your neighbors, right? By Jesus telling us to love our neighbors, number one, we learn that um, we're going to have, sorry, love your enemies, I said it wrong. Love your neighbors too while you're at it, all right? <laughs> Maybe they're the same people. Your enemies are your neighbors. I don't know. Love your, love your enemies. What we learned by that is, one, we have enemies. There might be times where you think, I shouldn't have any enemies. I think Jesus is saying you're going to have enemies. You may not have to like them, but love them, all right? Pray for them. Turn the other cheek. Um, this actually taught us to stand up for ourselves. Too often we read that and say, what, we're supposed to be just a punching bag and let, let it come? No, he says, don't be a doormat. Don't do that. Stand up. For your, don't fight back the same way, but make a stand for that. Give them your coat as well, meaning if you owe somebody something, pay. We as believers should be seen that we're going to pay what we owe. We're going to pay our dues. And we're not going to be the deadbeats that don't pay. And then give a little extra just to say, hey, no hard feelings. No questions being asked here. I'm going to make sure we are all good. And then there's another one that Jesus teaches. Um, this is on the Sermon on the Mount where he's teaching these things. He says, if someone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Yeah, go extra. Go with them two miles. This is a big deal. These are things that Jesus teaches us that often we read this list and say, do I have to do that? And who does? Who lives like that? This is some pretty deep stuff and heavy if Jesus is just making a new list of rules, but I'm not sure that he is. So let's look at this last one. Um, this is Matthew 5, 41. This is Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount as he's teaching this. And he says it this way, if anyone forces you to go with them one mile, go with them two. Now, all of those examples that we just looked through, that list that we looked through, um, this one is probably, for us, one of the easiest because it's, it's a motivational thing. We've probably heard it before, whether it's at work or if you were in school, you played sports. It's that motivational talk, right? Dig a little deeper. Put in a little extra effort. Come on, you can do this. Try a little harder, you know, practice just a little bit more because that'll give you the edge um, against your enemies. And we've heard this. We're like, yes, we can do this. This is good stuff. We like this motivational thing. Um, but is it really? Is this what really Jesus is trying to get at with us? Because you don't have to be a believer to do this. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to understand who God is or know who Jesus is to do this. Anybody, everybody should learn this lesson and do this. In fact, it's taught to everybody. Go the extra mile. Um, give a little extra effort. We can do this. Here's the difference between when we do it as Christians and when others do it that aren't believers. We're not self-promoting. This isn't to give me the edge over my enemy. This isn't for me to give me the edge over my opponent or somebody else that I work with so that I get the promotion instead. It's not for my benefit. It's usually for someone else. It's usually to show who God is to someone else. 
Now, this list for us, as we look at it, it might be motivational. We might like it. This might be the easiest one for us to do. However, the Jews at the time, the people Jesus was talking to, they would have hated this one. This would have been the worst one. They would have thought, love our enemies. Oh, yeah, I can do that. You know, I, I understand that one. I can do it. Turn the other cheek. They probably understood what that one was all about, and they did that. Go the extra mile. I'm not doing it. I believe that many of them said, no, I can't accept this one. This one's the hardest one. And here's why. Here's a background to this um, teaching that Jesus gave. During this time period, the Romans had conquered much of Israel, much of you know, the Jerusalem area where these Jews lived. And so the Roman guards, the soldiers would walk these roads and they would carry their armor with them. And it was heavy. They'd carry like hundreds of pounds of armor and they would want to take a break from that and from carrying all of this armor with them. So it was a law, they put this into law, that if a soldier, a Roman soldier came up to a Jewish person and said, please carry my equipment, my armor, they had to do it. It was a law in place that if a Roman soldier asked, the Jewish person had to carry that. Now, laws are also set up in place, and we learned this a few weeks ago, not just to force someone to do something, but it also limited that as well. So there was a limitation that goes with it. So they couldn't just carry it forever. They could only carry it, they could only force someone to carry it one mile. So when a Jewish person was asked to carry the armor of a Roman soldier, they put on their Fitbits and they said, all right, I'm marking this down. We're getting it. I'm only going one mile. But this is how they judged it. It was a thousand left-footed steps. So they would count it out. Every left foot that hit the ground, one, two. They would count that out to get to my... I, I'd get to 846 and lose count and have to start over. It'd be a mess, um, right? How they, I think they also had markers along the way somewhere, but they knew where that was. I'm done. I've carried it one mile. Boom, here you go. I also believe the Jews didn't like this. Here was the Romans. They had conquered their land. They had taken over. And now they're carrying the equipment that they used to conquer the land that they once had. I believe it was probably embarrassing. And I, I venture to guess that many of the Jews stood up against this. They said, no, I'm not going to carry your junk. I'm not going to carry that for you. I'm not going to do it. Carry your own stuff. Right? I'm not, I believe that they rebelled often. And I, I probably, it probably happened. Some of these Jews were probably arrested then for disobeying the law. I wonder if some of them were even killed because they rebelled against this. And so when Jesus says, hey, don't only carry it one mile, go two, I believe some of them were thinking, are you kidding me? Come on, Jesus, aren't you on our side? Help us stand up against this. But there was no belief against it. There was nothing to say, no, this is our belief system. You shouldn't carry stuff for other people. We believe in not carrying something. Jesus is saying, hey, carry it. And hey, by the way, um, let's try a new strategy. How about this? Don't just obey the law and carry it one mile. Why don't you go two? Let's show them who our God really is, how gracious he is, how forgiving he is. I believe Jesus was teaching them and saying, hey guys, in the kingdom that I'm trying to develop, that I'm trying to build up here, the kingdom that I want to establish, um, there's less rules. 
There's less regulations. There's more freedom in this, and it's more about your attitude. So carry it. Carry it a little extra. Why don't you show them who we are? I know, I know the law says one. Let's make a statement. Let's make a positive statement and say yes, and then go further. Just imagine, I wonder what kind of conversations happen in that second mile. I wonder if a Jew ever turned to one of those Roman soldiers and said, hey, tell me about your kids. Are you married? You know, what do you like to do? And the Roman soldier's probably thinking, why are you talking to me, (laughs) right? They probably found out that that Jewish person was human and that they had children as well. And they might have liked to do the same stuff. And a conversation was started and they began to talk and it gave the Jewish person a chance to tell that Roman soldier about the one true God. It opened a door that maybe would have never been opened because they stood for their rights to not carry their stuff. And they didn't want to go with them one mile, let alone two. But that second extra mile makes a huge difference. So what about you? I know there's many days where I just like to do the minimum. What's the bare minimum that I have to do to pass? What's the bare minimum that I have to do to get to the next level? What do I have to do just to make ends meet? And that's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm just going this far. That's all I have to do. But what if we take a different approach? And that could be where we work. It could be in your marriage. It could be with your kids. How you raise your kids, how you work on your marriage. And instead of going at it with just the minimum approach, maybe we take one more step. Maybe we do just a little bit more. Maybe we try just a little harder. Now, before I go on, I want to make sure we understand this correctly, right? I want to tell you what Jesus is not saying here, okay? Follow me on this. What Jesus is not saying is if you have a workout partner, like you and your partner like to work out together, and um, you decide to run, and you want to run one mile, you choose to run one mile, and your partner says, hey, let's go two. No, don't be that person, all right? (laughs) That's not what this is about. They're not a good workout partner. You want somebody else, all right? Don't be that. It's not the concept of going another mile, It's who we are. Do more than what's expected of you. Don't just settle for the minimum. When you say yes, instead of saying no. When you push past your comfort zone of of what you feel comfortable doing. If you continue to do the same things the same way over and over, you're going to get the same results, right? You know this. This is motivational speaking right here, right? You know that. So do something extra. Do something different. Go the extra mile because I believe this is what Jesus is trying to teach us. What kind of a person do you want to be and what kind of a life do you want to live? This is the question we've asked the last three weeks. What kind of a person do you want to be? What kind of a life do you want to live? What comes out of you when you're put in those pressure situations? What happens when somebody forces you to go with them one mile? Do you grumble and complain about it or do you go that mile and a little extra to show them who you are. I heard somebody talking about it this week. I kind of like this illustration. Um, so if you take some pasta, some hard pasta, and you put it in boiling water, what happens to that pasta? Anybody, right? It gets soft, right? 
What happens if you take an egg and you put it in that same boiling water? It gets hard. What happens if you take that same water and you pour it over some ground up coffee beans? Mmm, thank you. That's good stuff right there, right? What happens to you when you're put in a tough situation? You get soft, you get hard, or is it, oh, I want what that person has. There's something different about them. I want that. So here's where we're going. I want to tell you a story. If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to Genesis chapter 24. If you want, if you don't have one, you want one like with pages and words on it. Um, there's Bibles on either side of the room. If you have your phones, get your phones open. Um, get your Bible app open. Genesis chapter 24. This is a story of a girl named Rebecca. Now, Rebecca, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the short version of this this morning. We could probably spend weeks talking about this and breaking this down and understanding um, this story. But this is a great story of a girl who went the extra mile and how God used her in this. So God had made a promise. I'm going to build up to this. God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to have many sons and he was going to bless the earth through Abraham. Well, Abraham and Sarah, they had a tough time. Um, having children, and they didn't think the promise was ever going to come through, and they, they did. God finally made his promise um, true to them, and they had many sons. One of their sons is a guy by the name of Isaac. Now, Isaac got busy in the family business. It seemed like he wasn't interested in having a wife and completing this um, promise that God made to Abraham. So um, they had to step in and make something happen. So Abraham grabbed one of his servants and said, hey, I need you to go out and find a wife for my son Isaac. Obviously, it's not somebody here. Go find somebody um, somewhere else. Now, you know, this isn't politically correct in our world today, so overlook some of that. Um, This is the tradition of what they did back then. So this servant for Abraham was on a journey to go find a wife for his servant son, Isaac. And we catch up to them in verse 10. Um, Verse 10 of Genesis 24. And it says, the servant took 10 of his master's camels. Now remember this. That's an important number to remember. 10 camels is who he took with him. And he had all sorts of gifts from his master to give to the family that they were going to find this girl from. Verse 11, and they made the camels kneel down outside of the city by the well of water at the time of evening when all the women go out to draw water. So catch this. When we pray to God, when we're following a journey from God, a mission from God, there's still stuff we have to do. This guy traveled to the right city at the right time. And before he prayed to God, we can see at the right place at the right time, here he was at the well when the women were coming out to draw water from the well. Sometimes we just sit back and expect God to do it all, and God's saying, hey, I need you to go here. I need you to do this. This is where I'm going to answer your prayer at, but I need you to trust me in this. So here he is, the right place at the right time. And then he prays, verse 12, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, please grant me success today and show steadfast love to my master Abraham. Behold, I'm standing by um, the spring of water, In the right place. God, here I am. And the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. At the right time, here they come. They're on their way. And then he is very specific in his prayer. He says, let the young woman who I say to, hey, can I have a drink? He's going to go up to a girl and ask, "Can can you give me a drink? Please let her return and say, yes, you can have a drink. And I will water your camels also. Let her be the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. 
That'll be the one. That's the one. Then I'll know. She's the one. I love this as well. Verse 15. Before he had finished speaking. Now I know God doesn't always answer your prayers that fast. Sometimes we have to keep praying. Sometimes it's because, and I'm thankful he doesn't always answer my prayers this fast, because sometimes I'm praying for the wrong thing, and I need to learn how to pray so that God can answer my prayers. But sometimes he does it. Before he had even finished speaking, Rebecca, Rebecca came out with her water jar on her shoulder. It was probably some clay pot that she was carrying, and it was big enough that she had to carry on her shoulder. Um, probably carried a, a, there was a bucket at the well that she would have drawn the water up um, to fill her jar up with water. The young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known. And she went down to the spring, and she filled her jar, and she came up. I love this, verse 17. Then the servant ran to meet her. Guys, there's a lesson here. If, if you have prayed to God, if he is opening a door for you, if you see your prayer being answered, don't step back and say, I need another sign. God, give me another sign. Run. <laughs> Run to that to see if that's what God is really saying. If that is what God is doing, run to that. He ran to meet her and he said, please give me a drink of water from your jar. And she said this back to him, yes. Here's a drink of water. And she quickly let down her jar and she gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water also for your camels until they have finished drinking. Just what he had prayed for. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and she um, ran again to the well to draw water and she drew more for the camels. I like this. We're going to catch this here in a little bit. Verse 21. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether the Lord had prospered on his journey or not. He watched her to see how she fulfilled this. So let's, some, let's look at some lessons here. Some things we can learn from what Jesus teaches us. The first one is this. The extra mile is a choice. When we go the extra mile, it's a choice that we make to go there. You don't have to. You don't have to go the extra mile. This isn't required for your salvation. This isn't required for you to make it to heaven or not. This is a choice that you get to make whether you're going to do it or not. Rebecca made a choice. She wasn't forced to go there. She wasn't even asked. She was the one that brought it up. Yes, you can have a drink, but can I also get water for all of your camels? She was the one that thought of it and did the extra effort. And you can't go there until you've walked the first mile. John Maxwell always said it this way. I love the way he said it. You can't walk the second mile until you've walked the first. The second mile is a choice. Sometimes we don't have a choice on the first mile. We have to do it. If someone forces you to go with them one mile, as Jesus taught, we don't always have a choice on the first one. That's where we live is in the first mile. We live in that day to day. The second mile is a choice that we make. Am I going to go there or not? And get this as well. I don't think it's 10 or 20 miles. I don't think he's saying, hey, go, go 10 extra miles. Go 20 extra miles. Jesus said, hey, just go one. Just, just go a few extra steps with them and see what we can do with that. That's important. Now, I believe that we have options probably every day that we can see God saying, hey, do a step or two here. 
Go just a little bit extra on this one. See what can happen with this. Don't just do what's required of you. Go a little bit more. Because I've learned this in life also. It's, it's not much in the grand scheme of life. To go the extra mile isn't that much more. We can learn this lesson from Rebecca. Scholars believe they have tried to understand and figure out what this would have taken. And if you remember, there were 10. 10 extra camels. 10 camels that came along on this journey that she had to get water for. So scholars have tried to figure out maybe how, how far apart was this? How far did she have to go? Um, he was watching her with this. They were by the well already. It wasn't that far. And so they tried to figure out what would it have taken for her to be able to do this. And the best estimate that they could come up with is probably about an hour and a half. An hour and a half out of her life changed the course of her life. It wasn't that big. It wasn't that much more. And oftentimes we get scared of it, I think. I think we look on ahead and we're like, wow, that extra mile. I don't think I can do that. Before we even started the first one. But I like what Zig Ziglar once said as well. He said, there's less traffic on that extra mile. It's easier. It's easier to go the second mile most often than it is the first mile even. And so we do that. And so we take that extra step and we, we go there. And when we do, there's usually not as many people on it and people notice. Because there's not as many people on it, people often will notice. People will watch. They're paying attention. As we saw in the story, the servant was watching her. He was making sure, how was she doing this? What's going on with this? I believe that when we step out and we do that, people are paying attention they're watching our attitudes, how we serve, what we do. Are, are, are we grumbling and complaining as we go the second mile? You know, was Rebecca sad or angry that she had to do this for the camels? Or was she pleasant and grateful to be able to do it? I believe with Christianity, when it comes to this, it's usually not our beliefs that people turn away from. It's usually not what we stand for, what we believe in, that, that outsiders or people that aren't believers yet say, no, I don't, I don't want that because I don't believe in it. It's often because they've watched us and how we act to each other and how we stand for what we believe in. Because they're paying attention to how we walk, not just that first mile, but the second mile as well. You've heard me talk over the last several weeks about our rooted groups um, and how excited I've been about what our groups are doing, what, what this thing called rooted means to us, and it's foundational to your faith. I believe it's foundational to your growth as a believer, but also um, to our church and how we are moving ahead in our church and, and how we relate to each other, our relationships and, and how we're studying and growing. Um, we, we have a new group starting this week, Wednesday night. Um, starting this week for the next 10 weeks, I'd love for you to get plugged in. If you're not yet, we're going to encourage over the next few years for everybody to go through it. So we want you at some point to do it. So if you can, hey, jump in this week. Um, but our, our last groups just got done. And they did, as part of some of their weeks, they served somebody. They went out in our community and started serving others. And we have some pictures. I want to show with you some of the groups that were doing stuff. Um, one group went to somebody's backyard. It's, it's a backyard of somebody that has a daycare and they needed some work done on some of their equipment and play stuff in their yard. No, it's not a nonprofit that we are serving to help make better. This is a business that somebody has, but 
we went and served them. And I love seeing this. We had several groups, um, and our men's ministry even jumped in on this and went down to the dusty bookshelf. They had a fire um, several months ago, and they're trying to rebuild this. And we went down there and started serving them, cleaning up, painting, getting ready for this business, right, to open up. And to say, no, we're just here to serve. We just want to be here to help. This, to me, is going the extra mile. One of our groups, they did care packages to some of the guys that are overseas right now that are deployed serving. And um, this is a picture of one of our soldiers that comes to Crestview that opened up his box and loved it and took a picture and sent the picture back to us. Another guy wrote us an email. I want to share part of this. Um, He said, hey, Devin, just wanted to say thanks for the care package that was sent by one of the small groups there. I really... It's good, sorry. I really appreciate knowing that um, family is more than just those that you're related to. That box is just what I needed to pick up my spirits. All of the deployments that I have been of, sorry, of all the deployments that I've been on, this by far is the worst. And then he goes on and talks a few more personal things with me. And he says, I hope all is well with you and everyone there at Crestview. Guys, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to go home, I'm going to go do my thing. We've had some groups here as a part of our church that said, no, we're going to step out. We're going to go do something a little extra. We're going to do something that will make a difference in somebody's life. And you do. When you go that extra mile, you make a difference in somebody else's life, but I also believe you make a difference in yours. I can see it here. Um, The last thing we learn on this is your destiny is often found in that extra mile. That's usually where you see God speak to you. That's usually where God steps in and says, all right, this is how I'm going to bless you. This is how I'm going to bless somebody else. Oftentimes, when we go that extra mile, it's because then you become the answer to somebody else's prayer. Somebody else may have been praying for that, and you get to be the answer to prayer to somebody. And God can work miracles in that extra mile. Verse 67 of this chapter, verse 24, says, And Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, that's his mom, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. This promise that God made to Abraham years, years before that, he is now fulfilling (laughs) through a girl named Rebekah who said, I'm willing to go the extra step. I'm willing to go the extra mile on this. She became an answer to the promise of God to Abraham. And I believe it's more who you are than what you do. It's who you are. It's what comes out of you. My guess, my guess is this was not the first time that Rebecca got water for somebody's camels that were traveling through. We don't have records of it, but I believe that she'd probably done this before. She knew how long it was going to take. She had, she had retrieved water for camels before. And it wasn't that she did something. That's who she was. That's who she is. My guess is this was not the last time she went the extra mile for someone My guess is that through her marriage to Isaac, she became that person. She was still that person who did extra things in her marriage and in her life. That's just who she was. Maybe for you, what is it? Maybe it is work. 
Maybe you're the one that says, I, I'm not going to do anything extra. Nobody ever notices when I do something extra. I'm just going to do the bare minimum. That's it. <coughs> who cares if somebody notices? Do it anyway, because that's who you are. Maybe it's with your spouse. You know, I don't know of a marriage that um, can't thrive and succeed when both people are giving extra. It's not a 50-50 relationship. Give, give the extra, go the extra mile with your spouse and see what can happen. Do it with your children as well. I don't feel like doing that with them today. It, try it. It probably won't take much out of your day and they're going to be blessed and you are as well. I believe it happens with our neighbors, with our friends, with our coworkers. When we take that extra step, God can use it and bless it. So find a way to serve this week. Find a way that you can serve somebody and they can say, oh, you don't have to do that. You can say, yeah, I know I don't have to, but I want to. And see how that changes in you and in them and what can happen. Because I believe it shows what Jesus did for us. This is typically the day um, that we celebrate. The week before Easter, we celebrate what we call Palm Sunday, right? Where Jesus rides into um, Jerusalem with people shouting praises at him. And he's given, you know, props for who he is. And they're singing songs about him and how much that may have made him feel. But just in four days, he's on his knees washing the feet of his disciples. To me, that's the extra mile. To say, I'm willing to then be a servant to these men and we can see how it changed their lives because he served them that way. And he's our example. And he didn't stop there. He made it all the way to the cross for us. And that's why we worship and celebrate and listen to him. So if you would, let's stand together. Let's prepare our hearts for a time to remember what he did for us. Let's sing.